Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. Shep Hyken here back with another episode of Amazing Business Radio. Very excited today because Natalie Petahoff, also known as Dr. Natalie, will be joining us in just a little while for a great interview. She is the Vice President of Customer Service Innovation at Salesforce. And as you know, Salesforce has been one of our sponsors of Amazing Business Radio and my blog and all the, the things that are going on on our website. And I really appreciate that they're a part of that. So uh, before we get into the interview, and I know part of what we're going to talk about in the interview is innovation and technology, I thought, well, this is a perfect topic because we had a question come in. And by the way, this is the Ask Shep portion of the show where you get to ask a question, I get to answer it. And if you want your question answered, just go to Twitter and tweet at me. My handle is at Hyken, H-Y-K-E-N, and just make sure you use the hashtag Ask Shep. And I'll either answer it in this format here on Amazing Business Radio or perhaps in one of my blogs. I'll write an article about it. But my goal is to answer your pressing questions as they relate to customer service and customer experience. So here is this episode's question. My company is starting to build a chatbot for answering our customers' questions. I'm worried about losing touch with our customers. What's your opinion of chatbots? I am so glad that you asked this question because I am of the opinion that you are correct. You are at risk of losing touch with your customers. However, chatbots are currently, they're becoming more popular and not just more popular with companies, but more popular with customers. Let's talk about why they're becoming more popular with companies first, and you'll see why I'm concerned. And I may have said something about this uh, related to it anyway. And another answer to another uh, hashtag Ask Shep uh, question on Amazing Business Radio. But here's the problem. Companies are becoming enamored with the technology. And the technology of chatbots is coming down in price, lower and lower. Even a small business can afford to, for a very nominal fee, uh, set up uh, their chatbot in a monthly fee, very, very low, and, and have that. But here's the risk. You can't use the chatbot to replace the human. You need to use the chatbot. And by the way, that's what I'm concerned about, is that these companies become enamored with the technology and they say, this is it. This is the answer. We are going to save money by eliminating you know, people in the customer service area or, or you know, let people that would normally answer these calls go do, do something else. Big mistake to think that way. What you need to think about chatbots is simply this. What basic questions can the chatbot answer? And here's what I mean by that. Uh, if you're a bank uh, getting somebody their balance, if you're trying, if you're an e-commerce company and somebody wants to change their shipping address or change their computer, yeah, they do it on a form or it can be done with a chatbot. Or if there's some basic questions about your product or services that you offer, the chatbot can do the basics. But that's what it's limited to right now, the very basics. There are some very, very sophisticated uh, chatbots and technologies that are coming out right now today and, and have been. But they are extremely expensive. You know, companies like IBM uh, with AI-fueled chatbots are creating 
processes and systems and and again very expensive not for the typical uh, company and smaller business that's for sure but what I want you to constantly be aware is that your relationship with your customer is key and if the customer feels that they can never talk to you unless you're an amazing company like an Amazon where there's very little you know very few times if ever that you would ever need to talk to Amazon by the way you can actually talk to them and they've created an automated system not necessarily a chatbot but a technology and a process that allows you to get your answers and if you can't the really cool thing is that Amazon actually calls you you don't have to call them so they've got a system set in place that when you finally get to a point where you need to talk to somebody you can and I think that we as the typical business need to recognize it shouldn't get that far we should always give the customer the option of being able to get to a human being easily quickly seamlessly and a good chat bot will recognize that the customer is asking a question that it doesn't know the answer to and alert uh, somebody on the team that this is one that you want to take over or let the customer know I'm sorry I don't have the answer to that question somebody on our team will be getting back to you shortly so there's different ways to handle it but the point I'm trying to make is don't become so enamored with the technology that you lose sight of the fact that the customer at times is going to want and need to talk to a human being and you need to make it easy and you need to give them the choice as to whether they want to interact with that technology or talk to one of your very very good people all right so that is the ask Shep portion of amazing business radio again if you want your question answered go to twitter and tweet at me at hyken h-y-k-e-n and use the hashtag ask Shep. we're going to take a short break when we come back we're going to talk to dr natalie all about service innovation don't go away we'll be right back If you like what you're hearing on Amazing Business Radio, and I know you do, then you can get much more of this information. All you have to do is go to my website, hyken.com. That's www.hyken.com. Fill out the subscribe to the Shepherd Letter form, and each week you will get an article that contains a business tip, stories, much more, all about customer service and experience delivered straight to your inbox. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to always be amazing. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep Hyken here, back on Amazing Business Radio. I promised you an amazing interview, and that's what we're going to have today, Dr. Natalie Petahoff, and we will call her Dr. Natalie. That's how she is known if you go to Twitter, at Dr. Natalie, no period, obviously, after Dr. D-R-N-A-T-A-L-I-E. And Dr. Natalie is the VP Customer Service Innovation at Salesforce for their service cloud. And she's been part of that organization for quite a while. And she works with customers and companies to choose the right people, the processes, and the technology to innovate a company's customer experience. And earlier in the show, in my monologue, I talked about how technology is becoming you know, pretty exciting and some companies are very enamored by it. And I talked about the cautions here. But she joined Salesforce after being an advisor, uh, an influencer, an analyst. I mean, this woman has done so much in this space. And we are excited to have her here today on Amazing Business Radio. Welcome, Dr. Natalie. 
Thank you, Shep. I'm so excited to be here. And I am too. And you know what? We did your show for Salesforce. And by the way, thank you, Salesforce, for being a great sponsor and an advocate for this show and and much of my other work as well. Uh, But we saw each other at CCW. Uh, which it's the big uh, customer contact week. It's, it's, it's just an amazing conference. But this was the winter when it was small and intimate where you can actually see and get to, get to say hello to everybody. So that's where I last saw you. And I feel like, where did I see you not long or uh, not too long ago before that? Or did we just talk on the phone? Um, I think we talked on the phone and then we hung out at Dreamforce too. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, we hung out at Dreamforce. How could I forget that? That was a blast. And I was honored to be on on the panel of your session, which was awesome. So, hey, let's get right into it. We're going to talk about all things uh, customer service, experience, the innovation behind it. What's going on in that world? Well, Shep, as you mentioned, one of the biggest things is artificial intelligence and lots of people are confused about this topic because they're worried that the robots are going to take over the world. So a lot of people think they think of AI and they, they think of what's portrayed in the movies. Yeah, and that's and that really was, it's a Will Smith movie that we're worried about. <laughs> yes, right. And that's we are so far from that. And I think that at least from our point of view uh, here at Salesforce, we really think that. AI is not supposed to replace humans. It's supposed to be uh, a tool that helps humans actually be smarter, give better answers, um, and get rid of some of those mundane, repetitive tasks. So, for instance, um, I don't know, if you're a contact center agent, you're sitting there and you have like a seven-hour shift with plus or minus your breaks, and you get the question, could you reset my password 500 times. Shep, how would you feel about that? That's a tough one because I actually, I know how I would feel about it, but I know what I'm supposed to do. I should act like that's the very first time I ever heard that question. But what's the reality that I'm going to react that way? Well, if you're really, really, really an amazing customer service person (laughs) and you have so much patience, more patience than anybody on the planet, you'd be like, of course, I'd love to do that. But the truth is that oftentimes agents get asked to do things that are, you know, where's my package or what happened to my order or things that are routine and repetitive. And really agents, I think, come to work every day and they want to use their problem solving skills. And so what we think is that AI is really meant to augment that process and to be able to answer some of those mundane questions and then allow an agent to get really smart. So let's say your AI is built into the agent console. It could service service up knowledge base articles. It could tell you the next best action. It could give you information about the sentiment of that customer. All things that could actually make that customer experience amazing. Right. So what's happening, it sounds like, is that, and this, by the way, has been a, a thesis of mine for quite a while, that AI doesn't need to interact with the customer necessarily, but interacting with the agent who's helping the customer, that could be a way to uh, increase the speed of the information, the right information for that particular customer. I mean, on and on. And by the way, you use the word console. For those that don't have a support center, console is basically a computer with a screen 
and there people are looking. Maybe it's two, three, two or three screens. Boy, I'm amazed when I walk into a support center and I see these amazing people looking at the screens, and their fingers are flying across the keyboard, and it's it's dizzying almost. But they, the AI will make that agent smarter, faster, more productive, and give the customer better answers as a result of that. And they'll have a, a I think uh, Daniel Pink's book. Uh, drive the surprising truth about what motivates us. I think that most agents want to be in service to something larger than themselves. They actually want their job to mean something. And so I think that's where AI really comes in is allowing them to build rapport and trust with customers and actually being that trusted customer uh, advisor. And with respect to self-service, AI is a really great place to be able to answer questions like where's my package or could you reset my password? And that's where AI actually removes that mundane task from the agent. And it can be actually handled quite well in self-service. So it, it's really, it gives the customer better experience. The customer's like not waiting in an IVR line for the next agent. It can be something that can be handled right on their phone or on the web. Mm -hmm. By the way, IVR, interactive voice recognition, where you just sit there where the computer talks to you and then you just wait, wait, wait to talk to the human being. And press one for, press two for. Plus, Obviously, yeah. I'm, not a, I'm not a big fan of IVRs, right. but, and, and but it, it does. Yeah, they drive you crazy. <laughs> well, it, you know, in the old days, a customer service was really built for efficiency. And so if you look at the most efficient way to be able to streamline calls, route them to an agent. IVR was perfect. Um, but now customers, they're contacting you from SMS, they're contacting you from social, they're contacting you from web, from Facebook Messenger. And so there are all these other channels. And so it really transforms how the contact center engages with their customers. And, you know, what we're seeing is customers the amount of effort it takes, like when you think about you have a problem and you want to call customer service, you're like, oh, I don't know. I don't feel like doing that. But if you could just go on the web or on your phone and type in an SMS message, a text message and get an answer, that's so much less customer effort. We're seeing customers really like it. Yeah, they like that. And, and uh, the guys that wrote the book, The Effortless Experience, that's what it's all about. It's just making it so easy to connect. And now they even measure it with a customer effort score where um, they, they how hard is it to get to an agent? How hard is it to get your answer? Uh, and, and maybe we're going to go, let's go down this route. Uh, the guys who wrote, uh, Matt Dixon and his team wrote that book, The Effortless Experience. He has a comment in there. And actually, he's been on the show and we debated this a little bit. The concept of surprising and delighting the customer, giving them a little bit more than they expected. He feels, and, and he makes the case, that this isn't what a customer really wants. They're not looking for, you know, the free whatever or the next time you go, here's a discount or coupon. No, they're looking for the fastest, quickest, easiest way to get their answer or their problem resolved. Uh, do you agree with that? No surprise and delight? Um, it's kind of a two-edged sword. I think that... Well, first of all, I think most service is horrible. Um, and I'm probably the worst person when I go to get service 
when service is bad because I know it oh, can I be know. done really well. You and right? I both. I, I, I'm <laughs> just like, whoa, are you kidding me? Yeah, I'm out with my family and, and we get a server that isn't sharp and they look at me and they go, oh, no. Dad's going into that mode. <laughs> <laughs> He's putting his customer service hat on, and here we go, fam. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's – so I think I think a couple things. One is most customer service, and I'm generalizing, so for those of you who do a fantastic job, thank you, and I'm not including you in this. But a lot of companies, they don't really have the customer at the center of the experience. So they're more based – they, they base their contact center on transactions, you know, average handle time, get the caller off the phone. And so I think the customer service has been run in a operational tactical mode with these transactional metrics. And so we've come to expect that customer service probably is dissatisfying. So when we do actually have a good experience, we are delighted mm, now. Yes. Right. So do does a contact center have to always go over the top? I don't think so. I think most people who are looking for service, they're just, they have a problem. They have an issue. They have a question. They just want a freaking answer. So if we are able to actually quickly, accurately, and consistently give them a good answer, that is surprise and delight. And then if you decide that you want to go over the top, that's another thing. But Let's yeah, if get you the feel basics you have right. to do it. Yeah, I'm one of those people that I tell my clients, I give them examples of, you know, the restaurant that wants to give you a free drink, comp your meal, that type of thing. I don't believe in that. If you have to give away something, it should be like for the next time to get somebody back in to try it. But at this point, if there's a problem, fix it right now and get that customer to leave happy and be willing to want to give you the next time. My concept of loyalty is what am I doing right now that will make the customer want to come back and do business with me again? So if I'm in an argument, and by the way, never get into an argument, but sometimes a a customer comes in with the idea, I'm faced and ready for an argument. You won't win the argument. Never. You know, you may feel like you win, but here's what happens. Customers never coming back. So the concept is uh, don't win an argument, win a customer. But here, I want to go back to the concept of using AI. As instead of, uh, with the exception of those functions that you talked about, you know, checking a bank balance and resetting a password and where's my package, I have this, uh, this idea from, gosh, all the people that have been talking about it, that if the agent can type in the question correctly, the computer, the AI, can give the agent back not only the right answer, but the right answer for this customer who is known in the system, has a profile, has a history, and so it truly becomes a personalized experience. And uh, Jenny uh, Rometty over at IBM, she says, if you flip AI around, it becomes IA, the intelligent assistant. So Mm. I think that's a real cool concept. I like the concept, and I think that AI is not magical, right? So anybody who expects just to turn a switch and have AI just perfectly answer all your questions is in for a surprise. On the other hand, what you want to look for is an AI system that's actually built into the platform where the customer record is. You want it to be built into the agent console or the customer service application. And here's the reason why. AI, as I said, is not magical. It relies on the business data that's in your system to become intelligent. So the better data, 
the better the answers. Garbage in, garbage out. Mm-hmm. So when you start to look at a solution that's AI inside, uh, yes, I'm uh, using that as in the term of Intel inside. Do you remember that that slogan? Right. Um, when you have a system that's built like that, then the next thing that you need to do is look at your hundred most frequently asked questions and figure out how do people ask that question? What phrases do they use? Not what corporate phrases, but what do customers say? So that the AI can intelligently learn from what customers are typing in. And one of the things that's also really important is that the agent has the ability to look at that self-service answer and say, oh, you know what, the AI missed it. Because until you tune your AI and you train it, it's not going to be that smart, but the the more questions you have in there, the better the data is, the more data that you have connected, the smarter it's going to be. So there is, there's work to do in the upfront, but in the long run, with all that information in there connected to the data and having the agent have the ability to look at that and say, nope, that's not right. That's how the system actually learns. So artificial intelligence, it's, it's a, it's a machine that's learning. Yeah. And so we have to help it learn. And it's really, it's not artificial. It's human-inspired. In, uh, it's human-inspired machine intelligence. Let's see, the human, that's H-I-M-I. Human-inspired machine <laughs> intelligence. No more A-I, it's H-I-M-I. That's my new thing. I'm going to trademark that, get the website, get a Twitter. <laughs> All right. You go, Shep. All right, let's take a quick break. and we come back, I want to talk about what expectations the customer has before and how AI is playing the role in that. And you'll be surprised at the answers that Dr. Natalie has. It's Amazing Business Radio. We're taking a short break. Don't go away. Good customer service is now an expectation. Don't provide it and you'll be disrupted by a competitor who does. So, what can you do to stand out? Well, that's the focus of my latest book, The Convenience Revolution, how to create a customer service experience that disrupts the competition and creates fierce loyalty. The goal is to reduce friction and be convenient for your customers. So if you're ready to take your customer service to the next level and disrupt your competitors, well, this is the book for you. To order the book, go to www.beconvenient.com. That's beconvenient.com. It's time for you to join the revolution, the convenience revolution. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. We're back talking to Dr. Natalie, and here's here's the concept today. Customers have big expectations about the companies and the brands they do business with, even B2B, and they don't even realize how AI is entering into the experience that they're having. And I think that what's happening, if you look at like uh, Amazon, which uses a lot of technology to uh, connect and drive the relationship with their customer, they created one of the great uh, you know, the Echo, that, that's just a great artificial intelligence machine. People don't realize as they're interacting how, uh, you know, Alexa's learning about you or, you know, anything. So I want to go down that route for a little while. And uh, what do you think? What's going on in the world today? Uh, and how are customers not even realizing that it's creating this expectation that every company should be this way? 
So one of the things we see is that customers have higher expectations. And so when you dig into that and you look at why is that, right? So Mm -hmm. they have these great expectations. They have these great experiences. So when they come to your brand, they think, okay, the experience should be the same. And so what we're seeing is, you know, people are using in their everyday life, like they get up and they say, hey, Alexa, play my morning playlist. Or they order their favorite coffee drink from an app on their phone, or they use the phone as navigation to get to work. What's interesting is underneath all these experiences is AI and machine learning. Even the recommendation engine on Amazon is machine learning. So what happens is the customer has this experience, but they have no idea what's powering it, what's making it sticky and compelling. They just know they loved it and it makes them want to come back. And so now what's happening is the expectation of what service looks like. These companies have raised the bar. I mean, you look at what Lyft did to the uh, taxi industry. That experience is so seamless and so easy that it allows the customer to have this great experience. And so now when they come to you and your website's clunky, your IVR is clunky, it's just like people are, are looking for this better experience and that's yeah. really what companies are up against and they know they know this experience because they they've gotten so here's something i've been touting for the last oh gosh almost a year that companies or i'm sorry customers no longer they 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 don't as a company you don't compete against your competitor anymore that's who you think customers are comparing you to and they are when it comes to what they buy from you but from the experience they're comparing you to the best service they've ever had from anyone. And here's the thing. Companies are telling their customers, we're going to give you great service. And the customer says, I know what great service is. Bring it on. <laughs> That's what it is. And it's not that it's a challenge. It's just, I like your promise. Now show me. And by the way, I'm from Missouri, which is the show me <laughs> state. So show mm-hmm. me. <laughs> right, right. And I think, I think there's really interesting stats that look at so if you look at our connected customer report what you see is if you ask executives are they giving customers great experiences it's like 80 to 90 percent executives think they're giving a great experience but then you go and you talk to customers and they're like eh, not so much and so what we see is that people are voting with their feet with their hearts and with their wallets mm, yep. and you know, we've seen big, large uh, companies go out of business and it can happen in a on a dime, a turn of a dime. And part of that is because technology is changing so quickly that it's making it very difficult for companies that don't have an agile mindset to be able to look at here's what we got. Here's our legacy systems, our process and be honest with themselves. Right. Our process is terrible. And be able to have that inside out look from the customer's point of view. What does that experience look like? And then how can we transform that? So if you look at technology capabilities back to the 1400s to about 1980, technology was changing at a linear rate. So if you went 32 paces, you ended up 32 meters away. To give you an idea of how fast things are changing, 30, it's exponential, right? So what does that mean? It, it's big. It's a multiplier of whatever it's you a, think it is. I mean, walking 32 steps and you go, okay, I'm uh, about 32 paces or 32 meters away. 
But now, if you can make 32 steps, what does that mean? So 32 exponential steps actually gets you 1 billion meters away or 26 times around the earth. So that's how quickly things are changing. And it's what's creating a sense of urgency to transform customer service. And I was at a conference speaking, it was another CCW, and I put up a slide and I showed this this hockey stick of how technology's changed over time. And somebody tweeted and said, I don't think that technology's changing that fast. And so I tweeted back to the guy and I actually sent him to Ray Kurzweil's uh, The Singularity is Near and Peter, there's a bunch of books, Bold is a, a very good book to read to understand this exponential landscape and why companies are getting put out of business. And when he saw that, and it, it wasn't my, you know, people could say, oh, you work for Salesforce, of course, you're going to say technology is advancing and you need to giddy up. But I'm saying that from a thought leadership point of view, that technology, its capabilities are changing so quickly and the price is coming down so quickly. So now that ability to be able to offer that experience is actually real, but not all companies are seeing the need and they're not changing quick enough. Yeah, and I, I, I just think about uh, just straight up AI, uh, a simple chat bot AI, which a really good one, how much do you think they cost? Uh, by the way, that's a rhetorical question because I'm going to tell you. I was approached by a company that said for a setup fee of under $2,000, in other words, give them those top 100 questions that you mentioned earlier in our interview. If mm-hmm. I give that to them, they'll set up a chat bot that will allow, recognize all the variations of way customers are going to ask that question. And my monthly fee is like under $100 a month. Do you know that puts that in the capability of really small, small businesses? So for a few thousand dollars a year, you can have a pretty sophisticated or what appears to be sophisticated um, chat bot. And you could, you know, this five years ago would have cost a million dollars. Think about how big computers mm-hmm. used to be and how, you know, the computer that we carry in our pocket, known as a mobile phone or a mobile device, is stronger than the computer that was in the first spaceship that went up into space. And, and that's crazy. But that's what's happening. And that's, I think, the point you're trying to make with this exponential uh, speed of how technology is just creating new and cool experiences for companies and customers. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Shep. What, um, one I of love the it when you say ha- that. Would you say that one more time? You're absolutely right, Shep. You <laughs> Thank are you the smartest so much. guy on the oh, no, no, planet. No, no, no. Please, no. More, more, more. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Whenever my wife says, you're right, I go, say it again. Please say it again. Because <laughs> she hardly ever says that. No. Aww, <laughs> no, I, don't, but, I don't believe that. You know, I know you use Kodak as an example. This is a company that didn't pay attention to the way the world was going, even though they were a very forward-thinking, um, you know, innovative company. They were. And so a lot of people don't know it, but they were actually the inventors of the first digital camera. And so when Stephen invented that back in 1975, when his bosses came to him uh, and said, you know, were asking him about it, he thought they would say, oh, my God, you're so brilliant. How did you do this? And instead they asked him, why would anyone want to look at a picture on a digital screen? Hmm. 
They missed that one, didn't they? (laughs) They missed the boat. And there's two things here. One is the technology when Stephen first invented that digital camera, it took 23 seconds to take a picture. It was recorded onto a cassette tape. The resolution was 0.01 megapixels, which just means fuzzy compared to what we have today. Mm -hmm. But they didn't actually look at the exponential way that technology is changing. And if they had understood, and this has been predicted from Moore's law and many other people, that technology is on this change path. So if they had been patient and they had actually looked at how technology is changing, and at the same time, if they had created what we call psychological safety, which is having a diverse and inclusive organization where it's okay to think different. And so what his bosses said to him wasn't very open. And instead of cornering the market, the market cornered Kodak. And they missed it because they weren't aware of how technology was changing. And what happened basically in 2008, so between the time it got invented in 2008, which is a pretty short period of time, the smartphone came out and the year after the first smartphone with a digital camera, Kodak's market disappeared. Mm. And so there is someone in a garage somewhere inventing whatever your business is and they are using these new technologies. They're looking at creating diverse teams and they're finding ways to do something that these large enterprises have used traditional technology, linear technology, and they're just going to put the large giants out of business. And so I don't mean to be a doomsday and I don't mean to like sound like the world's coming to an end or chicken little, but it really is important to have that sense of urgency to really understand and learn about these new things. And so it's not just technology. It's also about an inclusive culture. Yep. And but that would be a great topic for another uh, episode. But I I love it. The I call it closed-minded thinking in a sense. When when somebody at Kodak said, "Why would anyone want to look at a picture on a digital screen?" What if you asked the opposite question after after you said that? Well, maybe nobody wouldn't. But what if they did? So we have time for one more question. It's the one thing question. And maybe you want to just give us a quick little response to uh, your comment about diversity. But what's one thing you want to leave this audience with or or reiterate something that you've already mentioned? So I think think one of the things that's really top of mind today is diversity and inclusion. And my favorite quote about this comes from a woman named Verna. And she says, diversity is... is being invited to the party and inclusion is being asked to dance. And there's a professor at MIT that found that groups perform better when they're diverse and empathetic, and especially when they contain more females. But here's the most important thing, Shep, whether it's a man or a woman or however they identify, it's important that they have a chance to contribute equally. Mm. Everybody's voice is important. Yeah. I, I, boy, what a, so that's Verna Myers. Diversity is being invited to the party. Inclusion is being asked to dance. And if you've got a good team, take advantage of the team. Their unique interests, their backgrounds, uh, what they've learned, uh, their abilities, their capabilities, all of that could play an important role. And all somebody who's been quiet in the meeting just says one or two simple sentences could change everything. And that's Mm -hmm. because you included and you listened. So love it. Dr. Natalie uh, Petahoff, 
I, I love it. You're so smart. You're brilliant. I think I've known <laughs> you for about, I'm, I'm guessing, uh, I'm going to say about seven years, six, seven years. We met out in California, I think the first time at the Marina Del Rey um uh, Ritz Carlton at the Ritz Carlton at a yeah. mastermind group where we sat around and brainstormed for two days about all kinds of things related to different parts of our business. So, and here we are today. You're with Salesforce. I'm still doing the same thing, <laughs> but it's not so bad. <laughs> but anyway, I love that you came on the show, Dr. Natalie. Thank you so much. And this is why we call it Amazing Business Radio because you have been amazing today. Thanks for sharing your wisdom. Thank you, Chef. It's been great. All right, everyone, another episode wrapping up here. And we'll have another interview next week. And until that time, this is Chef Hyken reminding you to always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>